Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, that was a very, very entertaining game at Levi Stadium. 49ers drop onto the Packers 30-28. to Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things, but both of these teams took the lead in the final 40 seconds of the game, and the Packers took the lead at the final gun to win it. That came after a 49ers drive from Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, everybody making great plays. Kyle Juszczyk scoring the go-ahead touchdown to make it 28-27. But, boy, it just ended a roller coaster of an affair, Matt, that uh, it's going to take a whole podcast to kind of pick up the pieces of what we saw but uh, there were heroics from both sides in this one. There were bad plays from both sides in this one. And ultimately, uh, it ended up as a Packers win, and the 49ers dropped a 2-1. and one. Yeah, uh, I thought it was appropriate that Kyle Juszczyk was uh, you know, front and center at the end of the game. And, and there seemed to be, I don't know if it was criticism or, or questioning about whether the 49ers should have left 37 seconds on the clock including to Kyle Juszczyk, uh, who I thought did just a, an amazing job to get into the end zone. That's his job to get in. Uh, so I, I, he obviously wasn't, you know, uh, trying to, to check on the on the time and the number of seconds left for, for Aaron Rodgers. But it, it was also a peculiar game because the, the 49ers just did not utilize their tailbacks really uh, very much at all. And, and Juszczyk, uh, was utilized a lot as a pass catcher, as, you know, oftentimes he was the only back in the backfield. It, it, it was an oddball game from that standpoint. Uh, Trey Sermon ended up getting the most carries of anybody, but there were a lot of players. I'll just read to you the list. Uh, Sermon got a carry, Juszczyk, Kittle, Ayuk, Garoppolo, Lance, and Debo Samuel all carried the ball. Only one of those guys is a running back. Uh, to me, that just kind of added to there was a disjointed, um, you know, sort of off balance feel for the 49ers, certainly to begin this game, Dennis. Um, and uh, I thought that the lack of a, a running game really 
sort of um, you know contributed to that. Uh, look, looking for your your observations, your feel coming out of this game. You hit it right on the head. The lack of running game hindered Kyle Shanahan. It, it, it's so important to have a passing game in his offense. And, and I don't know in that first half if he lost confidence in his running game, his running back, uh, or it just, you know, Green Bay did a really good job. And, and I thought the advantage was going to be 49ers in the trenches. But, it, it you know, it, it felt like, it really felt like that the Green Bay's, Green Bay's defensive line really got after this offensive. I mean, there were some good blocks. Uh, Trent Williams had, had a fantastic block on that on that touchdown, uh, Trey Lance. But, you know, it, it, in the middle, right in the right smack dab in the middle of that defense, I mean, which, which, which is supposed to be, you know, the strength of the 49ers offense, you know, uh, Kenny Clark was in the backfield. I mean, he's one of the better nose guards in NFL, but he was he he was beating you know guards and tackles right off the bat. So you know that gut pressure killed Jimmy Garoppolo, and that that was what we were looking for. We were predicting on the defensive side that they would be able to get after this matchup or this this kind of mix mix match offensive line, and and the 49ers defense didn't really get any pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and he was able to get into a rhythm and get 17 points on the football or on the uh, on the scoreboard, and it just gave that offensive line confidence. And, you know, once he got in the rhythm, it, it became a very long day. So, you know, like you said, Dave, Aaron Rodgers things, he did Aaron Rodgers things, and that's exactly what he did. And it was a tough game to watch because it was, you know, the second half of the running game kind of came about, but Kyle Juszczyk played about four or five different positions. They, they were trying to be – Kyle Shanahan was trying to be creative – and create a running game, but it was just, I think George Kittle was the leading rusher after the first half. So it just lack of running game, it just allows your defensive front just to tee off. If, if you have no respect for a running game, you can just tee off and go after the quarterback. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he was sacked four or five times, and he, he took some shots there, and that was just because the lack of running game and no respect for running game. Vic Torinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. You know, I figured the 49ers would be in trouble when I saw Kenny Clark from basically a one or two technique alignment blow up a pitch to the outside early in this game. Pushed Alex Mack into the backfield. And, I mean, the pitch, as we saw against Philadelphia, is designed to get away from dominant interior linemen. That that was the adjustment the 49ers made against the Eagles because Javon Hargrave was killing them inside, right? And when... Kenny Clark is blowing up your pitch play from the inside. You have serious issues. That means that you're not even blocking. That means that you're just turnstile up there. And, you know, for all this good stuff that we said about the 49ers offensive line in weeks one and two, at critical moments, they just weren't able to get the job done. This was by far Alex Alex Mack's worst game as a 49er. Uh, I, I think Brunskill got beaten a little bit there, too. 
And as Dennis said, it's a domino effect when, when you can't establish any type of run game. And hey, maybe there was a timing issue because of uh, the, the running back uncertainty, right? I, it, clearly, Shanahan just didn't trust the whole apparatus. That's why he punted from plus territory in the first half, a decision that he probably regrets now because Green Bay turned around and marched essentially the whole length of the field after that punt in plus territory in the 49ers we're finally moving the ball, but you know whatever it was, the 49ers couldn't hang their hat on a good run game. They only averaged 3.2 yards per carry, and as we know, this is a team that relies on complementary football. Everything is connected. So if the 49ers can't run, then they can't, you know, properly operate play action. If they can't properly operate play action. Garoppolo's not going to look as good because, I mean, he is who he is. He's a quarterback who's going to work within Kyle Shanahan's system off of the play action, and when he's just doing straight drop stuff and the defensive line is getting after him, that's not going to be as pretty. And when that's not as pretty, the defense is going to start falling off. And I think the problem with the 49ers' defense right now, Matt, is that, uh, A, they really do rely on the offense to kind of control game flow so that pass rush has full steam. But when that's not happening, this defense has an Achilles heel that, that really wasn't there in 2019. And that's, I mean, this secondary is A, old, and B, beaten up. And I guess those two things are correlated. But boy, today when that pass rush wasn't getting home, for numerous reasons that we can discuss later, that secondary wasn't getting the job done. And that was especially apparent on the very last drive of the game where Rodgers completed 45 yards worth of passes in, in 20 seconds. Yeah, I mean, it was just two passes. <laughs> Everybody knew what was coming, and the 49ers um, couldn't stop it. And, uh, you know, Rodgers was not himself in, in week one. He missed some throws in week two. In week three, he was Aaron Rodgers. And um, it, 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 was, uh, it was, I think, distressing for 49ers fans to, to see this game because the uh, the storyline going in was okay this is the first game in front of fans in you know 20 months really um you know it's the 75th anniversary of the team they're going to be in these new or these throwback uniforms it's going to be special these guys are going to get keyed up for this game it's going to be a lot of energy for this game and, and i think the energy was okay but the, the packers were were the team coming out swinging in this game. And, 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 and Rodgers, I, I think that uh, they probably heard all week about how um, the 49ers defense was going to beat up on them. And, and Rodgers and Devontae Adams uh, were, were on fire for, for most of this game. And um, they couldn't be stopped. And, and that's when, when everybody in the stadium knows exactly what you're going to do and who you're going to throw to, and you can still do it. That that was, I, I think, and will end up being the most galling to fans. That um, you know, with all with uh, Fred Warner back there, and Fred Warner was doing a good job dropping as far back as he could, and Nick Bosa was coming off the edge, and you had D Ford in the game. You had all your all your star power aside from cornerback. You're absolutely right; they were bereft at that position but everybody else was on the field and they still couldn't do it and um you know that's i, I think that's going to be the takeaway is that we've been saying okay this this uh, this team is looking a lot like 2019 it's feeling like 2019 this game 
did not feel like 2019 because uh, the 49ers beat up on Rodgers and the Packers twice that year, and uh, today it was the opposite. I enjoy fans like everybody else, but fans cheer and players play the game. And, you know, that last drive, fans, it, the fans played no, you know, no different. I mean, you're talking about the best quarterback in national football. You're talking about one of the best receivers, Devontae Adams. And the fans made no difference out of you. They could have been loud. They could, they could have been loud as they wanted to be. If you don't execute, uh, you're not going to win football games. And Aaron Rodgers is an executor. He is, he is that. And that and it, with 36 seconds left on the, on the clock, you see the defense running on the football field cheering and you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side that's a time when you stop you say listen we got to figure out how to get some pressure and not let him sit back there and pick us apart because we're only win. we're up by three points was it three oh it was one point all they need is a field goal to win the football game and at that point after you kick the ball out of the end zone what do you need you need you know two big plays and you lose the game so you know I I, I mean I I love the fans in the stadium I love all that great stuff but Fans mean nothing when it comes down. You have to execute. That was the key. And those th- that last series was hard to watch because that first pass, what was it 25 yards? And after that, all you need is, you know, 12. You got, you got the best kicker in the National Football League. And, you know, you get him. You saw Aaron Rodgers after, after that second catch. He was going to the sideline saying, I've done my job. It, it's a done deal now. And that, you know, that's what really upset me. It's like you got 36 seconds and we can talk, we can be, you know, armchair quarterbacks, but you know, you can't leave 36 seconds on the clock. You got Aaron Rodgers and you're only up by one point and you got a receiver like Devontae Adams. So um, it was tough. To, I mean, it, I took it hard. I mean, because I, 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 I thought this team fought back. I thought the offense finally got on track. But if you don't execute at the end of the game, you're going to lose football games. It was a remarkable comeback when you uh, consider everything 17 nothing deficit then the Packers took another two score lead later in the game and the 49ers ultimately overcame uh you know bad fumble there by Jimmy Garoppolo after a screenplay got blown up by again Kenny Clark I mean he was everywhere that interior 49ers offensive line just just didn't do its job in this game but still Garoppolo and the offense get the ball back down 27 21 they march the length of the field in those final two minutes and convert some huge third downs. I mean, there was a couple true grown man catches there. I know Debo Samuel made one of them. George Kittle had a play that was semi-reminiscent of the one against the Saints back in 2019 in Week 14. And then obviously Kyle Juszczyk fought his way into the end zone. You had to like a lot of what Jimmy Garoppolo was able to do in a straight drop back situation. Obviously, the running game was no longer at the 49ers' disposal, even you know, notwithstanding all of the, the running back issues. There just wasn't time at that point. Uh, and they, they put the ball into the end zone. And when you do that, when you drive down the length of the field, figure some stuff out offensively, finally get your first lead of the ball game with 36, 37 seconds left, a championship caliber defense has to slam the door. I don't care if it's Joe Montana, quarterback Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. You just can't allow that kind of you know, gashing down the field, but that's exactly what happened. And the 49ers lose this game in really tough fashion, but it's, it's a hard one to evaluate Matt, because the 49ers came out so slow offensively. I thought Garoppolo missed George Kittle on a little crossing pattern on early third and two that led to a three and out that 
damage the 49ers, you know, just by domino effect because then that defense starts to get overexposed early. Offense can't find its rhythm. Uh, but they, they ultimately dug their way out of it. And, and I thought that one of the, you know, fascinating plays in this game that we're not talking about enough and we'd obviously be talking about more had the 49ers won is that play that ended the first half. 49ers finally got some momentum after the Trenton Cannon kick return, right? They're down 17-0. They, uh, Garoppolo operates a good two-minute drill. They get the ball down to the one-yard line, and then what happens? They can't get it in, and then it's, what, fourth down? It, it, and it doesn't really matter. It's fourth down with two seconds left, and they decide to bring in Trey Lance, just where we thought they, they should bring in Trey Lance, right? Because we'd watched training camp. We saw they were installing the package for the red zone. Well, Shanahan finally used him. Right, you know, at, at the 11th hour, <laughs> he didn't have any more time to bring in Trey Lance, and he delivers the touchdown right at the gun of the first half, and that allowed the 49ers to get back in the game. So, I mean, you saw everything that they were building toward in that comeback, like the, the Lance package, the, the, the defense contributing, complimentary football, Garoppolo working, uh, you know, using, the, using his veterans' experience to, to, to do stuff for the 49ers, but even though they did put it together enough to grab that 28-27 lead, they couldn't hold it there at the end. And that's probably what's most disappointing for the 49ers about this game. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. There, there are some real positives to, to take away in, in, as far as who stepped up at the end. And, and I think you're absolutely right. The, the three guys with catches on that last drive. Um, Kittle ha- had the long catch, and then you're right, a, a, a very Kittle-like uh, play where he's bowling over defensive backs and then Samuel was making uh, tough catches throughout the game uh, and then we've already talked about the the use check uh, catch I mean I, I thought Garoppolo was off kilter for for most of the game um, you know uh, I, I don't think that the uh, the interception ironically was uh, was a bad pass it was just a great play by uh, the backside cornerback just just made a remarkable play. I, I guess Kittle. I mean, I, I guess Garoppolo could have led Kittle more to the uh, the left side of the field so that the other cornerback didn't have a have a chance. But uh, throughout the game, he just seemed to be a little bit off. And, I, and I'm sure the lack of a running game. I'm sure the fact that he was hit 11 times in this game uh, played a played a big role in that. You know, even that. That throw to uh, Mohamed Sanu that had to be reviewed. Sanu was wide open on that play. He just didn't hit him in stride. It, it, everything was just like a half yard off for most of the game. But to his credit, in crunch time, uh, Garoppolo, you know, it, it finally started to come together, and he led the team on what should have been um, a, a game-winning drive. And I, and I agree with David. I mean, uh, you know, 37 seconds. Uh, in that scenario, your defense should be able to to put it to rest. Uh, that's you know, it's, it's, it's like you're uh, calling in the the relief pitcher in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, that 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 guy comes in. He's supposed to get three outs uh, and get the win. And uh, the, the defense, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, they just didn't do it. Uh, and, and that's um, to me, that's the big difference right now between now in, in 2019. And I think we all kind of thought that, you know, this was going to be a game that that defensive front was going to go off. And, you know, they were game plan well. Aaron Rodgers got the ball out of his hands quickly. I mean, he, he didn't set up back there. There was no, there was no pressure um, up the gut. And, you know, Nick Bosa said after the game, they were chipping him 
on you know those third down plays. But here, here's the key. It, there, there were three PIs, defensive pass interference plays, and they were all on third down, and they were long. And on all those PIs, the Green Bay Packers got uh, points on the board. I think it was two touchdowns and one field goal. And, you know, that was, you know, that was the, that I think that was the difference in the football game. Those third downs not being able to get off the field. But once you get 17 points on the board, you know, any offensive line, you're going to get some confidence. And you're going to think that, hey, we can hang with these guys. I mean, these guys, we've heard all week long how great this pass rush is, this 49ers goal rush pass rush. But, you know, we're keeping our quarterback upright. And Aaron Rodgers did a great job. His clock. I mean, one, two, three, it was ball was gone. So, and, you know, Devontae Adams, great job getting separation. And, and you know, Aaron Rodgers has that ability, that back shoulder throw, it's tough to defend. And, you know, that was what he was throwing all day long. So, you know, we expected, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers to get beat up, uh, to get pressured. It didn't happen. But on the other side of the ball, like I said, the Green Bay Packers really got after Jimmy Garoppolo. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, the Packers essentially started their fourth option at left tackle and Yash Nijman. Uh, we talked about this during the week. David Bakhtiari's on pup. Elkton Jenkins was ruled out. There was a while where it looked like Green Bay might move their starting right tackle, Billy Turner, to left tackle. At least that's what Nick Bosa initially expected. But, uh, you know, it was smart. What Green Bay did is they kept Billy Turner at right tackle so they wouldn't disrupt that position, so they kept the disruption to one position, and they started a, a player who had only 14 career snaps in Yash Nijman at left tackle and put him out there against Nick Bosa. And in that first drive, Nick Bosa won time after time after time. But Green Bay, because the 49ers secondary was so sketchy, I mean, they on that first one, Alan Lazard, they beat Kwan Williams for 42 yards. And Kwan Williams, he might have been hurt on that play or shortly thereafter, he left with a calf injury. Um, Green Bay just decided to go back to that same well. And they decided to spread it out five wide and draw pass interference flag against the 49ers secondary. If you do not have a base level of competence in coverage, it doesn't really matter how good the pass rush is, especially against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, because he'll just be able to flick that ball out there, and the receiver's not even looking, and, and, or, and the, the defender's not even looking too, but he'll be able to get the flag, because that's how the officials were calling this game, right? If the defensive back didn't turn around, there was going to be laundry on the field, and that was the automatic first down for Green Bay. So, um, a, a, yes, they chipped Nick Bosa. They, they kept a lot of help in. Uh, uh, Nick had a great quote. He said, in 2019, they tried to you know just trust their players and let their players beat us, so they trusted Bakhtiari on an island with, uh, with, with Nick Bosa. That didn't work. Because it was Yash Nijman out there and not David Bakhtiari, Green Bay was forced to give him help. They sent fewer receivers downfield, but that ended up being the right plan for Green Bay because the, the receivers that Green Bay did send downfield, like Devontae Adams, like Alan Lazard, 
were way better than the 49ers secondary. They had such a pronounced advantage in the secondary that it was okay to only send a few receivers out. And it definitely benefited Green Bay to help against Nick Bosa because that's where they needed the help. That's why they didn't have the advantage. And I just thought that it was a great coaching job for Green Bay, Matt. They really accentuated their strengths, minimized their weaknesses. And, of course, only 3.8 yards per carry or whatever it was for Aaron Jones, but it was a consistent 3.8 yards per carry. And that was all part of the effort that made Green Bay play this game on their terms. The 49ers never played this game on their terms. It's, this, is a, this was a comfortable Green Bay game. For the 49ers, they were always in discomfort and uh, you saw it end up that way on the scoreboard. Yeah, Green Bay dictated this game, and, and the 49ers were outcoached. I, I, I don't uh, know if there's any way around that. Uh, in, in, in their, what should have been their sort of, uh, you know, their homecoming, uh, I don't want to say coronation, but this, this, was like, this was like supposed to be a big party for the 49ers, big celebration. And uh, the, the Packers came in and they, they ruined it. Um, and your, your point about the cornerbacks is a good one, and it's got to be distressing because I don't know how the 49ers get better from here on out at that position. They started the game with Emmanuel Mosley and Josh Norman. It could be that Norman, we don't know what his injury is, but it's chest-related, and that oftentimes is a torn pec or some sort of injury to the pectoral muscle. That's a long-term injury. So now the, the 49ers are looking at putting Drake Kirkpatrick, a guy who just joined the team when they were in West Virginia a week and a half ago, into the lineup. Maybe Diamador Lenore and Emmanuel Mosley are the, the starting cornerbacks. The point being that this is going to be a week-in and week-out issue for this team. So when you're playing the likes of Russell Wilson, who's coming up, Kyler Murray, who's coming up, etc., the 49ers are going to have to figure something out because um, today was proof that the adage that, oh, a great pass rush will cure everything. Well, not always. Not if uh, the offense keeps uh, you know multiple guys back and they're chipping and they're double-teaming Nick Bosa. Uh, the 49ers could not defensive line their way out of the uh, of this game at all so um you know dennis we're gonna have to to see what's going on with josh norman um in that cornerback situation but uh, every year it seems uh, the 49ers have injuries and that the injuries hit one or two personnel groups heavier than most and this year it's running back and cornerback doesn't it make you crazy to i mean i'm sure there's injuries on other football football teams Dang, it just feels like the 49ers, once it, once it starts, it's just snowball. I mean, I, I saw Dante Johnson go down. I saw Kwan go down uh, and, and, and Josh go down. I mean, I, I mean it's, it's, it's amazing how once it starts, it just kind of snowballs. And so now we're going to start talking about, you know, what's Richard Sherman doing? I mean, because I, I can't think of any other cornerbacks that are out there uh, that are available right now. So, you know, now this whole week we'll talk about Richard Sherman. You bring him back. You know, is he in shape and things like All I know is that, you know, you've got two teams coming up with some big offensive weapons and some big-time quarterbacks, playmaking quarterbacks. And now you're going, you know, like you said, the, the rush doesn't solve everything. You can game plan rush. And I think uh, Green Bay kind of set the blueprint today you know, with this offensive line and how they kind of handled the 49er rush. Eric Armstead had the one sack. I think that was the only sack in the football game. 
But, you know, you got some big divisional games and, and both these teams, you know, they're going to come to you with some big time weapons and you have to figure out your secondary. And um, I, I just don't know, like you said, Matthew, I, I don't know how you get better at that position because cornerbacks aren't just sitting around waiting to waiting to get a phone call. If you're a decent cornerback, you're on someone's squad. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I have to see the film to make a fair evaluation here. I don't want to be the knee-jerk reaction kind of guy. Uh, but to me, it seemed that there were a lot of blown assignments or you know, maybe just in general poor schematic decisions made on the back end. I know that D'Amico Ryans is a new coordinator. He's a rookie in that role, so we expected some growing pains. But Aaron Rodgers or not, that was absolute scorched earth on the last drive. Uh, nobody, I don't care if it's Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, n- nobody should be running wide open twice or that open twice. And there were good throws by Aaron Rodgers, especially that first one to kind of get it uh, there over Fred Warner uh into uh, Devontae Adams. But 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 still, you can't have that as a secondary, and you can't convince me that the 49ers either A, called the, the perfect coverage or a good enough adequate coverage, or B, executed that coverage. You just can't convince me. Even Aaron Rodgers is human. We know that because up until today, he had never beaten a winning 49ers team. And, and I guess it's still TBD to see if this – 49ers team finishes the season with a winning record, but I think they will. I think they showed a lot of good stuff today. But one of the things that wasn't good is 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 that coverage on the back end, and it's got to give the pass rush something to work with. Even if there is no DeForest Buckner, even if that pass rush will never quite return to 2019 levels, there's got to be something there to work with. And it makes me wonder, what, what did Richard Sherman bring this team? Because there was obviously a lot of value that Richard Sherman brought this team from an alignment perspective, uh, from the way that that he taught the young defensive backs the defense, um, you know, that just that veteran presence. And perhaps fittingly, you know, we talk about that list of cornerbacks, you know, th- th- it seems that they sign a guy like Josh Norman and then he gets hurt. I mean, so that list just gets shorter and shorter as the 49ers churn these veterans through their injury machine well, one of the few remaining names that could make perfect plug-and-play sense that wouldn't need a long time to pick stuff up that would immediately begin be able to begin imparting knowledge on the room is is Richard Sherman. Uh, is this crazy to think, Matt? It seems that the 49ers have backed themselves into a corner in that cornerback room, and uh, it seems that Sherman might be the, the, the answer that makes logical sense either right now or, or very, very soon. I don't know who Richard Sherman's agent is. Actually, <laughs> I, I do know who he is. But uh, they were really, uh, he was really smart um, because he, he bet on himself and he bet that there would be some teams that, you know, as the season went on, would, would need a, uh, a cornerback. And 
right now there are, are three that are screaming for it. The, the 49ers, we've talked about that. Uh, I, I think that the Seahawks uh, are looking for one, and, and Sherman lives in the Seattle area. And uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost today, and, and I think a cornerback was exposed there. So um, they apparently have, uh, have given him a call as well. So, um, you know, he's in a position of power at this point. And um, I, I don't know, like, like I said, uh, there were two cornerbacks uh, available today that the 49ers just didn't dress, and that's Ambry Thomas and uh, Drake Kirkpatrick. And they don't really have anybody on their practice squad, although Jared Maiden has played a little bit of corner. He plays safety corner, nickel cornerback. He, he could be kind of a smart guy to, to bring up. He, he'd be good on special teams too, but he's not a pure cornerback. So I, I don't know what the 49ers are going to do. I think Kirkpatrick definitely is in uniform for this game coming up against the Seahawks. Um, but I don't know whether it's it's pull the trigger for, for Richard Sherman time or not, um, or, or, or whether one of these other teams are going to beat them to the punch. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting. And, and Dennis is right. <laughs> this is what we're going to be writing about all week. Um, when will they... Or won't they uh, sign Richard Sherman? But but David's absolutely right. He's a guy that could come in, and uh, not only you know he, he knows the system, he knows uh, the personnel, but I think he would add an element of calm to the situation as well. Uh, R Richard Sherman is uh, headed for the the Hall of Fame. Um, everybody um, just kind of adores him, as, especially in the secondary. So. He would be the, kind of the the veteran leader, certainly, of that position group, um, especially if Josh Norman is out for a, a while now. I have a lot of respect for Richard Sherman, and I, and I think and you guys can tell me more because you're you're the insider guys. But it, it just didn't feel like he played very well at the end of his time here. You know, he was beat up a lot. Um, you know, he he didn't practice that that much, and it, it just really felt like. You know he he wasn't very good at the end, but you know it, the the veteran presence I think could help him, and uh, you know and maybe even this week with 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 Seattle maybe some of the the knowledge about Seattle and and maybe he can he can help because it's going to be a you know Sunday's going to be a tough game. You got Tyler Lockett and you got Metcalf, so and that secondary i mean if, if they if, if you go out there with the guys you have out there tonight it's going to be another uh it's going to be another night like we had tonight where you have a receiver that's just running wide open and and it just i, I don't understand those last two we're talking about those last two plays it, it just it felt like the safeties were backing up you know like maybe they thought that it was a touchdown to win the football game and not a field goal and I don't know if that's a if it's a prevent or whatever it is. It's I think it's just I mean it's just the experience or I, that's what Richard Sherman may bring to the team is maybe some experience to say hey you know we gotta you know we, we gotta play this a different way because tonight those last two plays it, it was it was tough to watch because you could see the secondary was like we'll catch every let everything happen in front of us but you're only down you're only up by one point. So, you know, the separation, not redirecting uh, uh, Devontae Adams, just, it's, it's just frustrating to, to watch, especially when you see a team that was super physical the week before and just to kind of watch this team just kind of let it happen. So Richard Sherman, 
you know, I don't know if he can still do it. I don't know if he's even still in shape. But yeah, that that's going to be the talk this week when we're going to sign Richard Sherman. But I, I don't know if that's that's really a good call, guys. What do you think? Well, I mean, R- Sherman had had added some weight over his time with the 49ers because he was dealing with age and and some injury issues, but. He's actually physically healthier now than than he was at the end of his time with the 49ers. He lost about 10 pounds. He's working out. I think he's in a good mental headspace. I've actually talked to him uh, a, a little bit. So I, I could say that he physically is in, in a spot where obviously he's not as young as he was when he was with Seattle, but the height and weight um, is similar to how it was back then. Uh, I don't – you know, I'm not going to go out and predict that he'd be able to hold up in the same way that he did back when he was in his 20s. I think, you know, you deal with the reality of the situation and that he's 33 years old now. But the biggest benefit I see the 49ers potentially getting from adding Richard Sherman is that coach on the field, coach in practice on the field dynamic. And because remember, their defensive coach, their leader right now, D'Amico Ryans, is very new at this. So, you know, last year you had Robert Sala, who, yes, he, he also was a green defensive coordinator that, not that long ago, but he developed into that job. And I think by 2020, he was really on his P's and Q's. And it's nothing against D'Amico Ryans to say, oh, you know, this is still, this is still you know, first-year jitters kind of stuff. There, there probably are going to be some issues with some of the coverages that he calls you know they're going to be mistakes and I think in those situations that's where having that veteran coach on the field presence and in the meeting room in Richard Sherman or a player like that and I think Richard Sherman is the one tailor-made puzzle piece that's where it can really help and then you have to hope that he physically holds on but again there are no perfect options right now because they wouldn't be free agents if they were perfect options so the 49ers do find themselves in, in in a little bit of a bind, but uh, it's it's only week three, and I think you know just to wrap up, guys, Matt, that that's the perspective here. This is a marathon. The 49ers just finished their third game; they have 14 to go, and obviously, this is still a very talented team based on all the plays that they made to fight back in it against the Packers team that's been in a couple straight NFC Championship games. Right, and that was the sort of the, the silver lining takeaway that you know, Kyle Juszczyk and, and Kittle noted, is that there was fight back, um, and there was kind of grit. Uh, it, it, they were definitely out of rhythm for this game. So, again, just like Week 2, it wasn't an easy game, but they – uh, slugged their way back into both of them against good opponents. Um, so that's that's I, I think that's a, a big deal, um, and, and we knew that. I mean, we we knew what uh, what George Kittle's made of and what Kyle Juszczyk's made of. Um, but um, you know, the the fact that uh, they were discombobulated, um, what is is a concern. I mean, um, you know, they, they should have been the one dictating this game to the Packers, who, by the way, were on the road and coming off a short week. Uh, and it was the other way around. So that's 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 concerning um, uh, heading into these last, uh, what is it, uh, 14 games here? Uh, so, um, you know, that that's what they have to, to work on, is, is getting out to a, a faster start and, um, and cornerback. I mean, uh, that those, those two things plus the running game and what they're going to do at tailback. And, and uh, hopefully 
for them, Elijah Mitchell will be back because, boy, it, it's hard to think that you're you're you missed a a six round rookie, uh, but uh, they they definitely did today because um, they uh, they were out of sorts in that running game and and didn't really have somebody to be their workhorse and and Mitchell was that guy the first two games. Yeah, and you know I, I I'm not buying it. I mean it's you're favored at home and you and you lose a football game and you start slow um you're not consistent no running game your defensive line doesn't show up and then you kind of you leave 36 37 seconds on the clock for probably one of the best top two at least quarterbacks in the national football league so i think i think the 49ers had an opportunity yeah to fight back and execute and get and make some plays uh, big time players make big time plays, but at the end of the game, you just didn't execute. So it was frustrating for me to watch because this should have been a win for the 49ers. But it ends up being a loss, 30 to 28. Uh, heartbreaking one at that for the 49ers as they they did put together the go ahead touchdown drive, but then it slips uh, right back through their fingers. Just how the NFL works sometimes, though. That uh, there were some high-level performances out there on that field, and also some imperfect performances, and I guess that's what you expect nowadays. Still September; these teams are still rounding into form, and it's uh, definitely not a gut-punching, devastating loss uh, by, by any stretch. It's a dis- disappointing one, but again, it's a long season. 49ers are two and one, uh, so, and so are the Packers, who, who lost their first game, 38 to three. So, so Green Bay will. Uh, tell you you could turn things around quickly in this league and that's what the 49ers are going to try to do moving forward for matt barrows and dennis brown this is david lombardi we'll talk to you this week on the here's the catch podcast as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with betmgm this season we'll be using betmgm lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for betmgm yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with betmgm here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.